0: Good morning, Eastside family. We want to let our children ages two years old through third grade make their way in that direction of junior worship. And if you're a guest today and you have children in that age range, you wonder where it is, just kind of follow the adults going in that direction. The rest of you that are staying in here, please take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, that's in the Old Testament. And as you're turning there, I want to remind you of a very important important aspect of our worship assembly, and that's the offering that we bring to God. You're so faithful in your offering, and just always want to make you aware of how you you can make that offering to God in worship. You can mail a check to the church building, as some of you do. You can go to your bank online and um, work out an automatic draft for them. You can go to our website at eastsidesprings.com. There's a little box that says, click on give, and just follow the easy directions or if you're here today in person, there's a box on the table on your way out. And so that announcement that I make every Sunday I've been making since since COVID started, I guess, is instead of passing the trays. Now, I said something about those of you who are here in person. There are some of you who are here not technically in person, but you're with us live streaming. I just want to welcome you. You're just as much a part of this assembly, and I don't have time to call out all that are here. But if I look carefully through the screen, you know, we can see you through your screens. I see Cody Knight, and Cody, we're just delighted to have you with us. So Ted, I can't see you, Cody. I was just kidding. He's like, oh, those pajamas are great, you know? (laughs) So Ted stole my thunder, but at 2.45 I'll be getting on a plane this afternoon and I'll be making my way back to the Czech Republic. This is where Karen and I and our two children lived and served as missionaries for 10 years. And it is just really important. That as a missionary and going on missions that you just don't go over, make a big splash of evangelism and then leave and never come back. It's incredibly important. It's a biblical model that we see that we go back for continued encouragement, for support and just to, well... They're friends. They're actually your family. And I, our goal is when we came back from living there full time, as I said to my elders in Baton Rouge, and the elders here agreed, would you at least let me go back once a year? I don't want this work to to stop. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit and everything just started closing in on us. And so it's been almost, I don't, I don't even want to say, I don't even like to think how long it's been, but for at least two years or more. We have not been able to go back, and so what's getting ready to happen starting tomorrow is I'm going to try to take about three years of work and squeeze it into two weeks. So those of you think, oh, our preacher's going on a great vacation, um, that's basically the idea. Now, I'll tell you what I am going to do. It'll be nice. First of all, I love seeing all these people, but on my way home, since I'll be in Europe, I'm going to stop by and see my mother-in-law in in Edinburgh, Scotland. I mean, somebody's got to go to Scotland to see his mother-in-law, right? I love her, and we have a great relationship, and so I'm going to spend some time with her. So I would certainly ask that you would keep me, and I mean this, in your prayers. Thank you for the prayer today. And I also want to ask that you just kind of watch out and keep an eye on Karen and what I mean by that if you could just every once in a while some of you at night drive by the house and um, if you see a lot of cars or hear a lot of loud music take some pictures and maybe send them to me you know the old when the cat's away so she she can get out of control so I would appreciate you all <laughs> that's what I'm here for right so I'm going to be gone three Sundays and honestly in my absence, we have something, some really awesome things, so awesome lined up that to be speaking in my place that I'm going to come back and you guys are going to be going, well, why did we ever need any anyway? Maybe you've been going like that for years already, but I'm really sorry. I'm, I'll try to patch in through live stream or whatever. I'm not sure with the time. That's a seven or eight hour time difference, and so I'm not sure if I'll be able to do that, but I, I'm really excited about what we're going to have here uh, while I'm going to be gone. So today, what I want to do is, is it's, it's a way of informing you about this trip and the work and the mission there, but it's also a way of reminding us and inspiring us to our mission that we have been called to and I want to do that we're, we're in a series here in Joshua we just began our series uh, not, not just a few weeks ago we're now in chapter 2 and, and I want to look at this story and see the parallels that are in this story to our, our, our mission that was given to us. Maybe you remember at the beginning of the year the elders handed out these cards to us. This is, this is a, our, our vision statement that is all focused on one primary mission given to us. And that is making disciples of all nations. In Joshua chapters 2 there is an m- amazing story of the making disciples of a disciple. There's two ways, there's two ways you can read this story. Maybe there's more, but there's two ways that I've looked at it. First of all, you can look at it through the lens of one of the main characters, Rahab. Incredible example of faith. And so when I return, we're gonna look at Rahab and her example of faith. But there's also, you can look at this story through the lens of these two spies we're gonna find out about today. And as we see that they were instruments of God's to help save Rahab and her family there's some powerful lessons about what it means for us to make disciples of all nations that's our mission when I say that I mean evangelism all right so that's that's really the focus here so I want to ask that you would open your eyes to the text open your ears to the spirit of God as, as he uses my voice and open your hearts and buckle up. I'm going to read the whole chapter and I'm going to really, read it really fast. Or maybe, we'll see. <clears throat> Verse 1, Then Joshua, son of Noon, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. You've got to be careful how you pronounce that word. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, Some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So so they're not very good spies, right? Verse 3. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I did not know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. Was she lying? You think about that. That'll be when I get back. We'll talk about that. Verse 7. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og the two kings of the Amorites each of the Jordan whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed you see that those that the israelites were afraid of were actually afraid of the israelites we'll talk about that when i get back i don't know why i keep doing that verse 12 now then please swear to me by the lord that you will show kindness to my family because i have shown kindness to you give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death our lives for your lives the men assured her If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, the oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land... You have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers, and all of your family into your house. If any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on, your, on our head if a hand is laid on them. Verse 20. But if you tell what we're doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road in hills, forded the river. Then the two men returned without finding. I'm sorry, I'm going so fast. I'm looking ahead of myself. Verse 23. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Noon and told him, everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. That's our story. And so we kind of talked about this in, in chapter one. The Israelites are, are preparing to go to battle. They're going to enter this land and they're going to take this land. I mean, it's a tough Next few chapters, we're going to see. It's going to be really hard to read. It's it's just difficult material. But before they do this, Joshua sends these two spies, this time not 12, but this time only two, he sends them on something like a, a reconnaissance mission to spy out the area and then come back and give a report. Well, before Karen and I... Moved to And it wasn't the Czech Republic, it was, I'm dating myself now, it was Czechoslovakia at the time. Before we moved our family over there, we went on a very similar reconnaissance mission. Taking a one-year-old and a three-year-old on a survey trip. We wanted to know, well, what are the people like? What's the culture like? What's the language like? What's the, what are the schools like? What are, where are our kids going to go to school? What are the hospitals like? Look like? What are the stores? Where are we going to shop? What's the transportation like? What is the history of these people? Can we live here? Can we do this? Can we work here? And you might think, why do that? You might think, why are they sending these two spies? We just learned in chapter one be fearless, just trust God and go but you're going to see this again and again and I think this could be a whole sermon maybe it needs to be eventually being fearless does not mean being reckless it, it, it means not to be foolish having faith it doesn't mean just disengage your brain and jump and trust God but it means also yes trust God but do your own due diligence By the word fearless, I don't mean to be without fear. I mean to act in spite of fear. I can imagine had I been one of these two spies going into a hostile territory. Of the enemy, I would have been fearful. I would be lying to you if I told you that Karen and I weren't fearful to take our two young children into this foreign country with all the wild Czech natives that live there who are watching me by live stream that understand English. I'm kidding, all right? (laughs) I'll see y'all this week. But we were afraid. There was a fear. There was a fear. The fear of the unknown. The fear of, of some giant obstacles we had to overcome to get there. And to live there. And I mention that because I believe one of the greatest obstacles that's keeping too many of us from the mission of making disciples of all nations, from the mission of evangelistically sharing Jesus with others, is fear. That's stopping way too many of us. Fear of, well, what's going to happen? Fear of, what are they going to think if I say this? Fear of what if I say the wrong thing? Fear of what if I just don't even know what to say at all? Fear of what are they going to think about me? Fear of criticism. Fear of failure. Fear of just getting out of our comfort zone. But being fearless doesn't mean to act without fear. It means to act in spite of your fear because you have a greater cause. And that cause must be burn in our hearts more powerfully than our fears now secondly I think it's or secondly I don't really have point one two and three but I think it's interesting notice this you, you may disagree with me that these spies went to Jericho for one reason that was to spy out the land but God had another reason and it was to save Rahab and her family when we went to I'll just keep saying the Czech Republic. It was Czechoslovakia at the time. When we went there with a team of individuals, we had a strategy and we had a plan. This is what we're going to do. This is why we're here. But I'm telling you, as I look back on that work, some of the most incredible and powerful things that God did while we were there weren't things that we had planned on. But they were things that God had planned on. As a result, for example, of what we had planned, I wish I had time to tell you the whole story. It is nothing short of a God story, but it's something that God had planned. A group of teenagers in, in a nearby village, a whole large number of them became Christians, and one of them is, is named František, and I'll be seeing him in about a week from today, and he is now leading a church in Brno. What happened in his life wasn't part of our plan, but it was part of God's plan, and God just put us right there. You may be having going on a vacation this summer. That may be your plan. You may be going to Chipotle for lunch today. You may be going to the store. That may be your plan this afternoon. But God may have another plan to use you in that moment to reach someone with. The gospel in an unexpected way. And and you, you see this Genesis to Revelation again and again and again, unbelievers being led to, or believers being led to unbelievers again and again and again so the believer can be an instrument to bring the unbeliever to faith. Our children in VBS, if you hadn't signed up, sign up, if you hadn't signed up to volunteer, sign up volunteer. There's my pitch for VBS. The fifth day of VBS, they're going to learn how there was this guy named Philip, there was this guy from Ethiopia, and this guy from Ethiopia, his heart was wide open, and God brought them together. That's just the way God works in unexpected ways. In the midst of our plans. We need to be open to unexpected plans. But we also need to be open to unexpected people. And I think it's really fair to ask, what are these guys doing going to the house of a prostitute? That's like, like what if I told you all, yeah I'm leaving this afternoon and when I get the of public I'll be staying in the house of a prostitute for the next two weeks. How would you feel about that? Or how would Karen feel about that? <laughs> because I'm sitting there thinking were these two guys were they married did, did their wives know about this did they tell the wives, oh by the way we were actually staying in the house of a prostitute but here's, here's the crazy part about it as unorthodox and awkward as this story is it seems clear that God was leading these two men to Rahab, to someone that would be like, if there's anybody you'd look at and go, the least likely person to have a heart that was open to faith. But she was. I I hate to think of the number of people I've written off because I knew they weren't into it. I, I know one guy, I just... Not interested, not even going to try. Someone else reached out to him and he, and he came to faith in Christ. I, I, I wonder, I hate to think of it, but I might just have written off Rahab. Church, we have to be open <clears throat> to unexpected people. And then, We'll probably talk about this more when I get back, but I'll just toss it out. Now, I think it's quite interesting what it is that brought Rahab to faith. It wasn't she went to church and this great preacher. She said, you know, we have seen and heard what your God has been doing among your people. See, the Israel, these Canaanites, we'll call them, in this nation of Canaan or the city of Jericho, they had been watching, they had been hearing, they had been observing We need to realize that the world out there is watching you. And listen, the life, we need your words, but the life that you are speaking, that you are living is speaking a message and can make the difference or not in leading someone to faith in God. I think a verse that that was really instrumental starting us out to, to go to Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic now was Romans chapter 15 and verse 20 where the apostle Paul states, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. That hit me. When I was in Searcy, Arkansas, and I can't stay here. It's just like there's churches on every corner. I could go home, but in Nashville, there's like churches on every corner. We decided we wanted to go what you might call unreached people groups. And there's a lot of them that have heard the name Coca-Cola but have yet to hear of the name of Jesus. Unreached people groups. We were, so, we were so burdened by this that there was a period when Karen and I were really looking at what we were going to do. We were strongly considering going to Papua New Guinea, a very primitive area in the world. But then all of a sudden, the revolutions in, in Eastern Europe occurred and communism fell. And knowing that Christianity had been so incredibly suppressed... By in, in the Soviet bloc uh, nations for 40 years, we made the decision to go there and just met people who were starting at ground zero with faith. Wednesday night, I'm going to be meeting with someone and praying with him. And when I first met him in his early 20s, he had never held a Bible in his hand, he had never been to church he'd seen a bible once when his grandmother opened the bedside table and said she whispered that's a bible it was all so new to them when we first moved there there was a census that was taken and in the census I found out that 50% of the people who live there say they're not of faith at all just atheistic. Which is interesting because the, of the other 50%, most of them aren't either. They just happen to have their name on the roll of some, some church somewhere. And then we were there 10 years and when we left, another census was every 10 years are taken. After we left after 10 years, that number had increased to 70% of the people claiming no religion at all. And so you can see the impact we had on that country. We increased atheism by 20%. It's the second most non-religious country in the world. So that's one of the reasons I'm going. Because we, grew, we have a group of, of precious brothers and sisters who were swimming against the stream in a stronghold of unbelief and atheism. And this is the story here in Joshua chapter 2. This is Jericho. This is where Rahab lived. This was her, if we could call Canaan, the area of Canaan, the nation. It was incredibly unbelieving in God. There was incredibly... Just rampant idolatry. It was as dark as dark can be. There was evil. There was uh, immorality. They were violent people. They were killing their innocent children to their false gods. It is as pagan and as unreached of a people group as we can imagine. And so what's going to happen is, it's going to be hard, but we can't skip it. When we read, start working our way through the book of Joshua... We're going to see God's punishment upon the people of Jericho and Canaan for their sin through using the Israelites to wipe them out and almost completely destroy them. It'd be easier just not to preach that and go back to the Good Samaritan every Sunday. We're going to see a side of God of His holiness and of his justice and his righteousness, that's going to make us feel uncomfortable. As a matter of, as a matter of fact, as a result, what we, it seems like is happening that in our nation, we have recreated a God in our American image that is very foreign to the God of the Bible. The punishment of the people in Jericho and Canaan that we're going to see, it shows us a biblical truth that we're not going to want to see. It's a story of a God punishing sin in a most severe way. And if it makes you squirm, and if it makes you uncomfortable, then you're going to be really uncomfortable with the teachings of Jesus in the New Testament on hell. And so again, well, just as we have reimagined God, and so we've reimagined hell, and there has become this belief system... That is more palatable and appealing the story of the flood has been sanitized as a cute story of animals on a boat and I say this because this is another obstacle for us in evangelism it's an obstacle for us in, in carrying out the mission of making disciples of all nations it's the lack of the loss of a burning realization of the lostness of people without Jesus Christ that has led to an apathy to the mission that he's called us to. It has created an American Christianity filled with good nice church going people but there's a void of evangelism and making disciples. Is that Reflective of your life. The book of Joshua is a sobering reminder of the severity of God's punishment upon sin. But Jonathan, I so appreciated what you said in the communion. But there's a greater image of God in this chapter. It shows us that's not what God wants. As we see the story of Rahab God's greater desire is that none in Jericho nor Canaan should perish, but that all would be saved. Everyone in Jericho had the exact same chance as Rahab. Everybody in Jericho saw and heard the very things that Rahab saw and heard that brought her to feet, brought her to faith. But the rest of these individuals dug their heels in in defiant disbelief. And sadly, the saving in chapter 2 and 3 and 4, as we will read on, of only Rahab and her family, it shows us the hardness of the hearts of the people in refusing and rejecting God. But this beautiful story shows us in the midst of this evil, dark culture, God saw Rahab God saw her open heart and God sent these two spies to her and so as I go today to the Czech Republic I want you to know I'm not just going to encourage Christians but I'm going to see a large number of people who never did become Christians but they're like some of my my best friends and we poured Christ by our lives and by our words into their hearts and lives now for more than 20 years and that's really what we see in 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 this bible story and we'll look at this in the in a future lesson God was patient with the people of Jericho and Canaan actually 400 years putting it out there for their hearts and eyes to be open and so we must be patient And never give up. And church, we must not make the mistake of thinking that in order to carry out God's mission of making disciples of all nations, we have to go to a faraway nation. We have to find the Jerichos on the other side of the world of those unreached people groups. Yes, we need people who will rise up and say, I'm going there to these other nations. But it actually starts right here. And right now because we cannot be fooled into thinking and it's so easy to be fooled into thinking in Colorado Springs with so many churches, so many parachurch organizations that this is just a saturated Christian city. We must not be fooled into thinking that America is this strong Christian nation. Whatever it was meant by that and whatever it means just look at the growing immorality in our nation, at the violence, at the corruption, at the materialistic idolatry. Look at the, at the laws that are being passed in our nation that are contrary to the very will and truth of God. And even here in our state, we're leading the way. Listen, if you want to go to Jericho, walk out these doors and you were there we are in Jericho. Our state, politically speaking, is not becoming redder or bluer. It's becoming darker and darker. And the stage is being set, as the Bible predicts, as it happened with Jericho, for destruction. But as we go into our Jericho, Rahab is there. Those who are in our city and and some of you are actually here today searching whose hearts are open to God and waiting. And so as we look at chapter 2 through the lens of these two spies who were instrumental in saving Rahab may we hear and respond to God calling us as well to be fearless. In carrying out his mission given to us here and now. I'm leaving in about three hours, and I would ask that you go with me. No, not to the Czech Republic. But, church, will you join me today in going to our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Would you stand as we pray? Lord God in obedience to the scripture that you've given us we, we confess you as the Lord of the harvest and we pray to you the Lord of the harvest to raise us up and send us out as harvesters in the midst of our plans show us your plan lead us to the Rahab's in this room today and in our city in our neighborhoods and at work that we can be your instruments of grace and mercy oh God may the gospel of Jesus burn in our hearts that we may be as Jonathan was sharing earlier those ambassadors of yours as we offer this song now in prayer to God. I just want to offer the opportunity for you to um, if you need prayer reach out to someone. Uh, we have very few shepherds here today from what I could tell um, the prayer room I think is open this morning. You could go there but find someone to reach out to in prayer or if you know someone who's come here today with a heavy heart I want to encourage you to go up to them, hug them and encourage them and pray with them and if you identify today with Rahab and your heart is open to God and you want help and you want to know more, I encourage you to reach out to one of us. Let's offer these time, this time of prayer up to God. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.